Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening, everyone. This is Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God, a biblical instructional program. I know I haven't been on the air for a while, been quite busy, but uh, be praying that I can consistently, at least every uh, first day of the week or every Sunday, give you a um, program. And so today, I know on the Jewish calendar, most people are uh, wrapping up the uh, day of Shavuot, which pictures the uh, giving of the Torah, the instructions, the law. In the King James Version, it has law uh, in the Bible. And law is translated Torah. In Hebrew, it means all of his instructions. The first five books of the Bible are the is the foundational Torah instructions and the rest of the Bible are the additional instructions, but it's all based on that, those first five books, uh, as far as the foundation is concerned. Anyway, uh, this program has something to do with Shavuot. Now I know the other people that are keeping the, uh, cited calendar, I will be keeping, uh, Shavuot next week, uh, on, on Sunday. And so, uh, this can apply to you as well. I'm going to talk about something that's, quite frankly, has been disturbing me. Uh, I've been hearing people that nobody has it right. Uh, You can't keep the commandments. And and the movement where people believe that Jesus or Yeshua is the Messiah, and they also believe that uh, we should keep the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean meat instructions along with the other commandments. I'm hearing people in this movement that are, saying that we can't keep the commandments. And so let's let's see if that's true biblically. You have to understand what Yeshua stated uh, about these end times, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And he stated this. Excuse me. He stated when his disciples, a Talmudim, that's what it means in Hebrew, a Talmudim or a disciple is a student, in Matthew 24, verse 3, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, which is across from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem today, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? 
and the end of the world or the end of this wicked age that we all live in. And in first John, in first John chapter five, it states the condition of the world right now. And the condition of the world, first John five verse nineteen, it states, We know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. So that that's the state of this world right now, according to your Bible. And so Matthew chapter twenty four Verse 3, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And verse 4, and Yeshua answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. So that's the first thing that came out of his mouth. And if you have a King James Version, uh, a red letter version, then all of his words are in red letters. He says, take heed that no man deceive or trick you. And verse 5, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Messiah, and shall deceive many. And it's not just those that are saying that they're, they're Christ. It's also people speaking on his behalf. Or they give you the impression that they're speaking on his behalf when they are twisting his words and twisting the Bible's words. And so we always have to, to be like a Berean, ladies and gentlemen, because not no even teachers, myself included, I'm perfect, and you need to, to look these scriptures up that I'm quoting you today to make sure that um, I, I'm teaching you properly. And some people do that, and they just look at one scripture, and they don't know how to do proper Bible study, and they don't know how to prove me or other teachers that are teaching correctly in, in the proper way. But anyway, Acts 17, verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were certain. And they, they were doing that with Paul. Paul certainly was more learned of the Torah than any of us. Yet they were still checking the scriptures to make sure that, you know, what he was showing them was accurate. So that's what we need to do. Um, don't listen to anyone blindly. You need to check and see whether those things are so according to the scriptures. And that Many people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to use the latest technology of Bible software where you can type in phrases and you could actually find out scriptures with those particular phrases. That I know back in the 1980s, I didn't have that. I just used a concordance. Uh, the computer technology that I have today has certainly exponentially increased my biblical knowledge, and it will increase anyone's biblical knowledge. Uh, I suggest you get... Um, eSword. This is what I have, eSword, and I'm using this. Uh, you can get it on your iPhone, or, or you can get another uh, similar version to that on your uh, Android, but the iPhone, you can get it, certainly. And also, there's a desktop version of it. And you can also get Logos.com. It, it has all kinds of uh, information uh, within the uh, actual program. And they also have it on, in the cloud. In other words, they have uh, the program on existing computers so it won't store up your computer memory or uh, your memory on your your hard drive. And so anyway, I, I'm going to, uh, I probably also are going to do a video teaching and perhaps an audio teaching on how to properly study the Bible using these uh, these uh, software tools because that will enhance your Bible study. But anyway, I've been hearing no one has it right, and no one can keep the Torah, 
And so because of that, then we should accept Sunday preachers uh, or that we should allow them to preach in our congregations because no one's keeping the tool. Well, that is a lie, folks. And we need to look at the Bible and determine uh, what's right and what's wrong because God wants us to know what's right and what's wrong. And to say that no one has it right, you're actually saying that, well, no one is capable of being an effective teacher because an effective teacher in God's eyes is someone that tells the people what's right and what's wrong based on the scriptures. And uh, we, we have scriptures uh, to, uh, to tell us that, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, in Malachi, let's turn to Malachi, chapter 2, verse 1. And now, O ye priests, now we don't have any priests today, but Torah teachers are, are, are doing priestly duties in the sense of teaching the people the Torah. So it certainly applies to them now. This commandment is for you. Verse 2 of Malachi 2. If you will not hear or Shema, and if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, says the Master of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed him already because you do not lay it to heart. Verse 3. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you that my agreement might be with Levi. What's the significance of Levi or Levi? Well, Levi was of the uh, of the priestly line, and Levi was responsible for teaching the Torah. And so it's interesting that it appears he's talking to an individual, but I, I believe it's not only an individual, but also is talking about the tribe of Levi or Levites. Verse 5, my covenant or agreement was him of life and of peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherein he feared me and was afraid before my name. And verse 6, the law of truth was in his mouth. What's the law of truth? Well, what's the Bible definition of truth? You look at Psalm 119, 142, it says, all the law is the truth, or all of God's instructions is the truth. So the law of truth was in his mouth, but a Torah of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and in equity, and did turn away many from iniquity. Lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the Torah at his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So if I'm teaching you correctly, then I am one of God's messengers. And you need to pay attention to God's messengers, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's very important to do so. And you have these people that are locked up in their house thinking that nobody's teaching right. No one has it right. So they're, they're in their house and, and they're not being led like they should be uh, by one of uh, Yodhe Vahe's or, or God's true teachers, you know, and, and he does have teachers, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, he said he would have teachers. And to say that no one has it right, that, that's not true. That's not true. And I'm going to prove that to you uh, through the scriptures today. I'm looking at, I'm trying to find uh, a scripture that says that that's one of the things we need to know what's right and we need to know what's wrong. And, and the Bible was written so that we can tell what's right and what's wrong, ladies and gentlemen, why it was written. One of the reasons why it was written. And if we don't know what's right and what's wrong, how can we how can we live properly? How can we live properly? And so that that's something that we have to to understand. 
And we have to realize that God doesn't want us uh, to not do what is right. Okay, so so let's uh, continue on with this study here. And first, I wanted to start out with, uh, well, let me go to Matthew, Matthew chapter, uh, to make my point about teachers always being around um, ever since Yeshua was on the earth. Matthew chapter 28, I mean the truthful teachers that teach you the truth. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So, as I was just telling my wife before the program today, uh, this does not just this is not just speaking about the apostles on the emissaries. It's also talking about those people that would exist even until this time now, uh, in the 21st century. There will always be people that had the ability to teach you properly what's right and what's wrong. And, that, you know, we got to, you know, human beings as a whole have a problem with that. They don't want to be told what is right and what's wrong. What's the right way? What's the clean way? What, what's, what's the way that will lead to righteousness? People don't want to hear that. They want to have their own opinions about this or that. And God is sick and tired of our opinions. Our opinions have not done anything to promote worldwide peace. And so based on that, you would think that we would just be quiet and, and listen to what God has to say. But no, the rebellious nature in us, uh, we, we just don't do that. A scripture, a key scripture to tell you what priests should be doing or teachers. Ezekiel 22, verse 26. This is a prophecy. Her priests had violated my Torah and had profaned my holy things. And they have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the clean and the unclean. And have hid their eyes from my Shabbats and I profane among them. And then Ezekiel 44 verse 23 says, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. And cause them to discern between the clean and the, un- and the clean. And that's, that's, a, that's a priest or a teacher's responsibility to be able to teach what's holy and profane. And what's clean and unclean? And in Isaiah 50, Isaiah 50, verse 20, I mean, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, states the following, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And so God wants us to be able to, again, to tell the difference between what is good and what is evil, ladies and gentlemen. And the Bible is a book that shows us that and what is good and what is evil. And for, for those that act like the book is not for that reason, that uh, you got to question whether or not they're qualified to be teachers of the Bible. And so and then Deuteronomy 1, verse 39 is a key scripture. Moreover, your little ones, which he said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil. You know, and God wants you to have knowledge of 
what's good and what's evil. And we're going to go over scripture uh, today, many scriptures, and this may be a two-hour Bible study, and this is something that I have to do uh, to correct. And for those who think that that's not one of my responsibilities, well, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 1, this is uh, the epistles to Timothy and to Titus were instructional letters on how to run congregations or assemblies and how to teach God's people. And so in 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, it says, I charge thee before God and the Master, Yeshua Messiah, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Verse 2, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, when it's not convenient or when it's convenient. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, and that time has come in the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen, but at, and in the 20th century, too. But after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. This describes the Hebrew Roots Movement to me and, and other various movements like the Hebrew Roots Movement. Uh, verse 4, and movements outside of it. it. It really describes religion as a whole. Verse 4, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. What is true? All the instructions of God, in other words, the entire Bible, and shall be turned into fables. Verse 5, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. And notice it says that I, I did certainly have the gift of evangelism along with uh, various other gifts uh, that I use to be able to teach people and to help run my own assembly and, and help other assemblies. Uh, but it says right here, make full proof of thy ministry. And that's what I do. And when I hear error, like I've been hearing lately, uh, nobody has it right. Uh, the fact that uh, no one can keep the tour. So because no one can keep the tour, then we should uh, welcome Sunday preachers or people that keep Sunday as part of the body and that they're also part of the bride. And that is not biblical, ladies and gentlemen. I can tell you on the authority of the Bible itself, that is certainly not biblical. So so anyway, let's get into this, this exhaustive and detailed and specific Bible study, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, this Bible study is not for everyone. If you get bored, someone quoting scriptures after scriptures when the Bible says that a true teacher does that, then, you know, you got to question whether or not you have the Holy Spirit and you have to question whether or not you really are a real believer because any real believer of God would notice one of his messengers and they would pay attention to what his messenger is saying and they take it very serious above anything. And that's what you should be doing with me and, and a few others in the world that are actually preaching the truth. And the reason why I said few, because Yeshua said there would be few. In Luke 10, verse 2, it says the laborers are few. And then in Matthew, uh, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, he states that there's, there, there's the few that will walk this way of life. And, and Matthew, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. It says, because straight is the gate, and this is picturing the temple area, and narrow is the way which leads into life, and few there be that finest. So that is based on this wicked world. Of course, in this world, when the Messiah lands on the earth, and after the, after the tribulation, then people, of course, the majority will eventually repent. But that's another Bible study. 
But anyway, let's start this Bible study out with understanding what Abraham did. Why, why was he so great? Why did God talk about him and, and, and his descendants, his two sons, uh, his grandsons and, and, his grand, and his son, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Why does he continue to talk about them? Well, he talks about them because they are the, the example of how society should be and how mankind should live. And so let's start with Abraham, uh, Genesis chapter 26, verse 5. What does it say about Abraham as far as this issue of keeping the commandments? Jeremiah chapter 26, I mean, I'm sorry, Genesis, not Jeremiah. Genesis chapter 26, verse 5. He states here about Abraham. He states this about Abraham. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. Okay, so you have scripture proof and evidence that Abraham kept the Torah. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, it talks about that he set the, the moon and the sky and the lights to keep the appointed time. So even back then in the first chapter, he's revealing that the appointed times, which are listed in Leviticus chapter 23, was on his mind and was already in force. And so that's another Bible study. But anyway, John 8, verse 39. John 8, verse 39. This is what he said about Abraham, Yeshua, or Jesus. John 8, verse 39. Yeshua, for those who are listening to me for the first time, is Jesus' Hebrew name. John 8, verse 39. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Yeshua said unto them, now this is in the context of him talking to his people, if you are Abraham's children, you will do the works of Abraham. All right, so Yeshua is telling us that to be Abraham's children, we have to do his works. So you know what I'm leading to. The Bible says that he kept Torah, and so that means we keep Torah. Anybody that does not keep Torah is not considered a child of Abraham. And some people uh, that want to have Sunday preachers preach in their congregation say, well, you know, nobody keeps Torah. Uh, nobody can keep the whole Torah. All right, well. Let's continue on. In Galatians 3, verse 28 to 29, let's go there. This is another proof that if you are of the Messiah, then you're one of Abraham's children as well, which means that you should be keeping Torah. So uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 to 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Yeshua Messiah. Now, this doesn't mean that there's not any differences. It just says, as far as us keeping Torah, as far as uh, the law being applicable, we are all equal as far as that's concerned and, and Messiah. Verse 29, if you be Messiah, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And that's everyone. Everybody is heirs of the promise. What is the promise? First um, John chapter 2, verse 25 tells us. 1 John 2, verse 25, and this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. So the promise is immortality, eternal life. All right, so we understand, first of all, that Abraham kept Torah, and he's expecting us to keep Torah if we want to consider ourselves Abraham's children. And if we become a believer in Messiah, we are automatically uh, a part of Abraham's seed as well. And that means that we are obligated to keep Torah like Abraham. So that I want to point that out. You have so you have these 
people that have doctor degrees or whatever, and they don't even understand that, that to be a child of Abraham means that you keep Torah. You keep the Torah like Abraham did, okay? And so that that is something that there is great confusion when it comes to that. And, you know, people, they, they just just don't understand. Just don't understand um, the wisdom of God and how he looks at the wisdom of his world. And I'm trying to find a scripture that uh, proves that. And when I'm saying the wisdom of his world, I'm talking about seminary uh, education and theology. Uh, I'm talking about uh, secular uh, secular uh, education and so forth. This is what God says about that, if I can find a scripture here, is in Corinthians. Uh, in Corinthians, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, verse 19 says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in his own craft. And so, you know, this wisdom of this world, I'm not, he's not saying that some of it is not valid, but I know from experience from the many books of people with PhDs in theology and so forth have written to try to say that uh, the Torah is not applicable to everyone, just to Jews. Uh, it certainly is foolishness because if you just understand what I just told you about Abraham, he kept Torah. And to be considered one of his children, then you would do the works of Abraham. <laughs> and if you believe in Messiah, you're already a child of Abraham. And if you're a child of Abraham, if you're obedient to what he did, then you would obey the Torah like he did. And so I've been hearing uh, no one has it right, which is a lie. Uh, that's not true. And then second of all, nobody can keep all God's instructions, Torah, which is another lie. That's not true either. And so uh, let's start out with Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 to 20, as far as disproving that. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting at verse 11 commandment which I command thee this day it is not hidden from thee neither is it far off verse 12 it is not in heaven that you should say who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear and do it verse 13 neither is it beyond the sea that you should go and say who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it verse 14 but the word is very near unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart or mind that you may do it and so God is telling us here, ladies and gentlemen, that it is possible to keep all his commandments. So when you hear people say that, they're being influenced by the devil. I just have to be up front, okay? And they need to repent of that. That is very discouraging to tell people that no one has it right and no one can keep all the Torah. That is a flat-out lie, okay? And that is coming from the mind of the devil, and you need to get away from that. But anyway... Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, but the word is very near unto thee in thy mouth and thy heart that you may do it. Verse 15, see, I have set before thee this day life and death, uh, life and good, death and evil. And that's interesting. If you do good, you'll live. If you don't do good, you die. And so I did hear that the Bible is not 
it's not a uh, uh, black and white thing. It's a gray thing. Well, I, I don't see that much gray in the Bible. What I do see is God repeatedly over and over again telling us how rebellious we are and what we need to do to repent. <laughs> That's what I see all throughout the Bible. You know, you say, hey, choose. And this, this is what I love. This is one of my most favorite passages of scriptures in the first five books of the Bible, and particularly the uh, book of Deuteronomy. It says, see, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. In verse 16, in that I command thee this day to Ahava, a love, the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. You'll see when it says keep his commandments, that's talking about all his commandments, not just some of them. All right. That thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where you go to possess it. Verse 17, but if you turn your heart or mind away so that you will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely perish, and you shall not prolong your days upon the land whether you pass over Jordan to go possess it. Verse 19 of Deuteronomy 30. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you may, that you and your seed may live. And so he's not forcing us. God is not trying to create robots. He wants you to obey him because you want to, because you love him, not because you're forced. Verse 20, that you may love Ahava the Lord thy God, and that you may obey his voice, and that you may cleave unto him, instead of cleaving to physical objects or cleaving, cleaving to your wife or kids or whatever. And you can't put anything ahead of God. For he is thy life, the length of thy days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. Now remember, I started this Bible study out with Abraham and how he kept Torah. So whenever you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob realized that they kept the spirit of Torah. They kept the Torah, just like Abraham. Okay? So remember that. All right, so let's get into this a little deeper here. So right there, telling you that it's possible to keep his commandments. That's why he's telling us to choose. Why would he tell us to choose if it's not possible? All right, so let's get into, does he mean all the commandments? Yes, he does. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 25. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these, does it say some? All these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. And so he's expecting us to keep all of his commandments. Matter of fact, if you don't have desire to keep all the commandments you can keep, because I know it's something you can't keep. If you're not a Levitical priest, then you're not required to uh, put a sacrifice on the altar and burn it, all right? If you are not a woman, then you don't have to follow the menstruation uh, cycle laws that are listed in Leviticus chapter 15 and so on, okay? Only the commandments you can keep, you should keep. And that's, that's what it means by keeping the commandments, all right? All right, so. Deuteronomy 6, verse 25, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the master as he has commanded us. That's a plain scripture, plain definition of righteousness. The other one is in Psalm 119, 172, where it says all, all his commandments. Let us go there. Psalm 119, 
Psalm 119. Psalm 119. 172. It says, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. So those are two scriptures that prove to you that righteousness, whenever you see righteousness, it's talking about keeping all the commandments, not just some of them. All right, so let's go to another scripture that it's not quoted too often. First Chronicles 28, verse 8. First Chronicles 28, verse 8. And you can, what I love about doing audio that is convenient to do, I can do it quickly. And also you can stop it just like a video. And you could, uh, any any parts of the, of the Bible study you may have not listened to or you don't understand, you can stop it and listen to it again. And so anyway, First Chronicles 28, verse 8, it says, Now therefore in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Master, and in the audience of God, keep and seek for all the commandments of the Master your God. So we should be obeying and seeking for all the commandments, not some, all the commandments of the master, your God, that you may possess the good land. Now, you know, that is pointing to the kingdom of God, because certainly the promised physical land is a type of the kingdom of God. And so if we want to possess or inherit the kingdom of God, then we have to have the desire to obey and to seek all the commandments of God, not just some of them, that we may possess the kingdom of God or the good land and leave it for an inheritance for your children forever, all right? Numbers 32, verse 11 to 12 is a very, very important scripture to answer the question, is it possible to obey all the commandments of God? Numbers 32, verse 11 to 12, surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Uh-oh. They have not wholly. So why would he say that? Why would he be, uh, Why would he say and act like he's disappointed here if it wasn't possible for them to do? He says, save Caleb, the son of Jubaneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the master. So of that generation, of that simple generation, uh, only Joshua and Caleb, and it's interesting, Caleb represents the tribe of Judah, and Joshua represents the tribe of Ephraim, which is very interesting. It's kind of symbolic of him expecting the 12 tribes of Israel to obey the Torah. Israel is a light to the nation, so the nation should also do it. So anyway, that is, that is proof, ladies and gentlemen, that he expects us to keep his Torah. Now, the big issue with Paul, the big issue with Paul is that based on the unclear translation of some of his words from the King James translators, people assume that Paul taught that the law is done away with. Well, he did not. And we have to look at the scriptures in the King James Version. You can look at it. Acts 17, verse 2, tells us the following. And Paul, or Shaul, as his manner was, went into them, and three Shabbat days, or Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So this is something that he did, just like it's revealed in Luke 4, verse 16, that Messiah fellowshiped on the Sabbath, as his custom was. And so Paul did the same thing. Paul did the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. And so we have to understand that the Bible doesn't teach that Yeshua, Shaul, or Paul, or any of his other disciples uh, does not teach that they thought that the law was nailed to the cross. Uh, Luke 4, verse 16, and 
He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Shabbat day and stood up to read. Okay, so that was his custom. And, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, you can look that up later on, he stated that, follow me because I follow Messiah. And here's another scripture that proves that he kept Torah, all of it. Acts chapter 21, verse 20 to 26. Acts 21, verse 20 to 26. And when they heard it, they glorified the master and said unto him, You see us, brother, how many thousands of Yehudas, of Jews, there are which believe, and they are all zeas of the law. Whenever you see that word law, it means Torah. Okay? Verse 21, all the instructions of God, the entire Bible. Verse 21. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, which was a lie. He wasn't doing that saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. Verse 22, what is it therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that you are come. Verse 23, do therefore this, do therefore this that we say to thee. We have four men which have a vow on them. Verse 24, take them and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them that they may shave their heads. And all may know that those things where they were informed concerning thee are nothing, but that thou thyself also walkest orderly and keep the Torah. And so people were doubting that he was not keeping the Torah, and of course he was. So he proved to them that he was doing it by doing this, participating in one of the offerings. All right, and in verse 25, as touching the Gentiles, which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing save only that they keep themselves from things offered to idols and from blood and from strangled and from fornication. And those are the four things that they needed to do to be able to socialize with Jews in the synagogue. But what people forget, uh, they just say, okay, that's all we need to do. Well, no, that's not all you need to do. In Acts 15, verse 21, after that ruling was made, uh, it states here, for Moses of old time, having every city them preach him being read in the synagogue every Shabbat day. So it was expected for them also to learn the law of Moses, which is the law of God. For proof of that, just look at 1 Kings 2, verse 3. The law of Moses has all the instructions of God in it. So the law of Moses is the law of God. And so God expected them back then, and he expects true believers today to also obey the Torah of Moses, which is the Torah of God. All right, so. So back in Acts chapter 21. And so Paul did that, and everyone realized, yes, he, he does keep the entire Torah. All right, in Acts chapter 28, Acts chapter 28, verse 17, it states, and, and it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Now, the customs of the Jews, if you understand this by studying Jewish history, certainly include observance of the uh, festivals, uh, the Sabbath, uh, the holy days or the festivals or the Moedim, along with the clean and unclean meat instructions and all the rest of the commandments. And so he did not, he states here that he did not do anything against the customs of the fathers. All right, that's a very powerful scripture. So whenever you read something that Paul wrote, and it appears that he's saying that the law is done away with, you have to understand that 
that can't be true. And here's another scripture to understand about Paul's writings, which people, I don't know if they understand it or not, but it's right here for us to understand here. It says, Second uh, Peter 3, verse 15, an account that the long-suffering of our master is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable, and there's a good bunch of people in the Hebrews movement and other movements that are unlearned and unstable, and they, they get off track, and, and they don't have the right foundation to understand the scriptures properly. And as they do also the other scriptures into their own destruction, you have people that are teaching that shouldn't be teaching. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Numbers chapter 15, verse 22 to 23. And if you have erred, and this is an interesting scripture. Here. <laughs> and if you have erred and not observed all these commandments, so God is telling you that if you are an error, then you're not observing all the commandments, whether you realize it or not. You're still an error, whether, sin, whether the sin is in ignorance or you already know what you're doing. You're an error, all right? And you need to realize that if you have the spirit of truth, you're going to have the desire to want to keep all the commandments, not some of them. And so right here, Numbers 15, verse 22 to 23. And by the way, I, I was telling my wife this. And if anyone is listening to me and you doubt that you can't keep all the commandments that you can keep, then I can pretty much say that you, you are lacking the Holy Spirit, the true Holy Spirit of God. Because what you're going to understand today is that if you do have the true Holy Spirit of God, you're going to want, you're going to, want to obey. You're going to have the desire to want to keep all the commandments. You're going to want to keep all the commandments. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, this is God's desire too. Uh, Deuteronomy 5 verse 29, it states here, Oh, that there were such a heart or mind in them that they would fear me and keep, does it say some of my commandments? Keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Let me repeat that again. Deuteronomy 5 verse 29, Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me. How do you fear God? By keeping some of his commandments? No, all my commandments, always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Okay? And so people that are saying no one has it right, uh, no one keeps toward, uh, I, don't, I don't think you understand the scriptures properly. I think you need to study this. All right? I'm trying to say that in a nice way. But anyway, Numbers 15, verse 22 to 23. And if you have erred, and have not observed all these commandments. So that's a plain statement saying that you are erring if you don't or don't know to keep all the commandments, which the Lord has spoken unto Moses, even all that the Lord has commanded you by the hand of Moses, from the day that the master commanded Moses to henceforth among your generation. Okay, so that is a plain foundational scripture if I were you, I would take a pencil and write this down and at least know where the scripture's at. Numbers 15, verse 22 to 23, if you want to understand what the spirit of error is all about, and if you want to understand that God says that we're not observing, uh, we're, we're sinning if we don't have a desire to want to obey all of his commandments, whether it's out of ignorance or intentional, okay? Uh, there's sin of, uh, there's sin uh, that is not intentional, or ignorance, where God will pardon you, but still, if you don't know to keep all the commandments, then you won't get blessed like you should. 
all right, and things are happening. But anyway, the spirit of error, this, this is leading to what the spirit of error is. The spirit of error has something to do with not having a desire to want to keep all the commandments. In 1 John 4, 1 John 4, verse 1, it says, beloved, believe not every spirit. And most people think, you know, anybody getting up there looking cute and preaching that they must be preaching the truth. Not necessary. Not necessarily so, ladies and gentlemen. Behold, First uh, John 4, verse 1, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, what are they of God? Because many false prophets are going out into the world. Verse 2, hereby know ye the spirit of God. Okay? This is how you know that someone has the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Yeshua Messiah is come in the flesh, is of Yodei Vahed. And verse 3, and every spirit that confesses not that Yeshua Messiah is, is come in the flesh is not of God. And that is the spirit of anti-Messiah, where if you have heard that it should come and is even now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and even the world hears them. Verse 6, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us, whereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, you understand the error has something to do with not keeping his commandments. And so let's look at some other scriptures that prove this point, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't think people understand what the spirit of anti-Messiah is. And because of that, uh, there is uh, various confusion among people uh, in, in reference to understanding what the spirit of error is. So let's let's go to Second John. Second John chapter one. And he, he warns people here. Um in Second John chapter one. Second John chapter one verse six. Actually, in verse 5, and now I, 2 John 1, verse 5, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a, he's talking about the whole congregation being a lady, I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have from the beginning, that I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which, okay, let me read this again, 2 John 1, verse 5, I, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have from the beginning, that we love one another, verse 6. And people just stop there, all oh, these loving others, that's it. Well, well, how? The Bible shows you how to love one another, ladies and gentlemen. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that you, that as you have heard from the beginning, you shall walk in it, verse 7. For many deceivers, now this is a continuation of the thought here. So for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess that Yeshua is come in the flesh. All right. So it's not just believing that Yeshua existed and he came in the flesh. It's also believing what he said and what he commanded. And he stated that he did not come to destroy the law of Moses. Now, if you don't believe that, then you have the spirit of anti-Messiah in you. All right. So many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Yeshua has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. You are against Christ if you are against uh, his law. Uh, John 10 verse 30 says the father and, and himself is one. And so if you against keeping his instructions, you are anti-Messiah. Second uh, John 1 verse 8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Verse 9, whosoever transgresseth, and what's transgression? 
1 John 3, verse 4, transgression is what? Transgression says sin is the transgression of the law. And so transgression is uh, breaking the law. And so whoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Messiah has not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Messiah, he has both the Father and the Son, and that doctrine, that doctrine certainly uh, consists of keeping all his instructions. Okay, so, and in verse 10 it says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Verse 11, for he that bid of him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. And that's, and that's important. You know people that are slacking up on the law, don't want to repent, and, and are doing things that are against the scriptures. You, you are commanded not to fellowship with them. And I do see people doing that. They say, well, you know, we're, we have differences of opinion here and there. It depends on where those, how major those differences are. If, you, are you, if you're going to fellowship with people that say that they don't believe that Yeshua is God or the epistles of Paul are not scripture. They're not holy writ. Um, they weren't inspired by God. Paul is a false apostle. You, you, you need to stop fellowshipping with people like that because that's false doctrine. Okay. And so you break one commandment, you break them all, which certainly implies that he's expecting us to keep all the commandments. And James chapter 2, verse 8 to 12. James chapter 2, verse 8 to 12. Let's take a look at that here. James chapter 2, verse 8 to 12. If you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. Verse 9, but if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the Torah as transgressors. Verse 10 of James chapter 2. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Verse 11, for he that says do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Now, if you commit adultery, no adultery, yet if you kill, you are still a transgressor of the law. So that applies also to somebody who, well, yeah, he's he's doing this, except he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Well, this person is a transgressor of the law. And so the Sabbath is certainly important because the Sabbath, based on Exodus chapter 31, is a sign that he sets us apart. And when you don't keep the Sabbath, how can you be a true believer, ladies and gentlemen? Anyway, verse 12. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the Torah of liberty. Verse 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy that have showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. And verse 12 again. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So he's telling us to do the whole law. He's expecting us to do the whole law. In Matthew 19, verse 16 to 19, he states, the individual asked him in that verse, what should I do to earn eternal life? Keep the commandments. So if you do a word search on keep the commandments, the, uh, the implication is, the expectation is, is to keep all the commandments, to keep all the commandments, not just some of them, ladies and gentlemen. And unfortunately, uh, people are deceived and they, and they think that, when Christ said this, that he only meant six commandments. Let me, let me just read the whole thing. You, you have some teachers are teaching false doctrine and telling you that all you need to do is just keep six commandments, and that's not true. That's not true. There's no difference between Yeshua's commandments and the Father's commandments. He said that everything he spoke was of the Father. All right, so 
That is not true. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 and 19. It states here, and behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Verse 17, and he said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. And he says, which? <laughs> and Yeshua said, you shall not murder. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And you shall love thy neighbor as I love thyself. Okay? So you shall not commit adultery. That's the seventh commandment. The sixth commandment is thou shall not murder. Thou shalt not steal is the eighth commandment, and thou shalt not bear false witness is, is the ninth commandment. And the fifth commandment is honor thy father and mother, and then you shall love thy neighbor as thyself. Where is that commandment found? Well, it's found in Leviticus chapter 19. But you have to understand something. This is where people get deceived at. They don't understand what Paul said here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Galatians 5, verse 14. He states here plainly, for all that the Torah is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. All right, so love thy neighbor as thyself is the summation of the entire law. So what Yeshua was telling him was to keep the whole law. <laughs> when you, you say love thy neighbor, every Jew knows this. Love thy neighbor as they love thyself is the summation of the entire Torah. And, and they teach correctly that the rest of the, uh, of the Torah shows you how to love your neighbor as you love yourself. All right, so... Don't get deceived when people say that there's only a seed. Another thing, too, Yeshua left out coveting. So that should that so, so does that mean that we covet that because he left that out? And so, you know, you got to, again, the devil's pretty slick and clever, ladies and gentlemen, and you have to do your exegesis or thorough Bible study using one scripture to interpret another scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. States the following, Master, which is the great commandment in the Torah? Verse 37, Yeshua said, Thou shalt love thy, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. That's your Shema. Let's listen in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. And then uh, Matthew 22, verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And then Matthew 22, verse 39, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now notice this scripture. Matthew 22, verse 40, on these two commandments hang all the Torah and the prophets. So the Torah and the prophets are associated with those two great commandments. You can't disassociate uh, the commandment to love to love uh, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't disconnect that from the Torah and the prophets, ladies and gentlemen. And that's unfortunately what the majority of the 2.3 billion, that's what would be Christians around the world, are doing. No wonder the, the Bible says in Revelation 12, verse 9, that the whole world is deceived by the devil, because it is. And so anyway, getting back to what the spirit of anti-Messiah is, an antichrist is a person who does not believe in keeping all the commandments of Yah. If you don't believe in keeping all the commandments of Yah, you certainly don't believe in Yeshua Messiah, because he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you don't keep his commandments, then you don't love him, and you are anti-Messiah, ladies and gentlemen. Plain and simple as that. And if you want to accept other people that don't have the desire to want to keep all the commandments, you are certainly in danger of having an anti-Messiah spirit within you. And you need to repent of that. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 15. It says, if you are by me or love me, keep my commandments. 
And if you do, like I said, if you if you do a uh, a phrase search for this, keep my commandments, you're going to see that it implies keeping all his commandments. Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. And, you know, people don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear keep my commandments. They want to rebel. And that's the way our people have been all throughout history. They don't want to keep the commandments. They just want to do what they want to do. And it's, it's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is among God's people today. They don't want to keep the commandments like they should. And it's like in Exodus 16, verse 28. And the master said unto Moses, this is before Sinai, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my Torah? <laughs> it's just, a, it's just, it's just, it's just um, crazy. It really is. And then Deuteronomy 5, verse 10. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You don't love God unless you keep his commandments. It's just so simple if you desire simplicity. I mean, it's simple. Just keep his commandments. But most people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to keep the commandments. And they want to find excuses not to do it. And so we know that we need help toward keeping the commandments. Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel 36, verse 27 states plainly, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you or influence you to, to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And so the Holy Spirit, let's go to verse 26 here of Ezekiel 36. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you, within your body, not outside of it, but within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And so God will give you the ability to keep his Torah if you desire it, ladies and gentlemen. And stop believing that nobody can keep the Torah when God has, has told you otherwise. Jeremiah chapter 31, and no one has it right. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 34. 31 to 34. Behold, the days come, says the master, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah. I've heard that many times. I've heard it from various people that no one has it right. Everyone uh, is not walking the walk fully or totally. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 31. How could there be teachers if no one is, is, is wholly obeying the Torah, ladies and gentlemen, and no one has it right? That's impossible. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Behold, the days come, says the master, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of, the, out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them. Verse 33, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the master. I will put my Torah in their inward parts. And so he'll put the entire Torah in their inward parts. Again, he says, I will put my Torah in their inward parts. How is he going to do that without the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit does that miraculously, ladies and gentlemen. And write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. All right? You're not considered one of God's people, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have that law written or in your inward parts so that you can keep it. Again, let me repeat. Based on this scripture, you are not considered one of his people unless you have the Torah in your inward parts written 
on your heart or mind that you can keep that Torah. David understood this in Psalm chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51. Probably why people that think they can't take Torah, they more than likely don't have God's spirit. And so what I do, or what I what I suggest you do is find someone that does have their spirit, is a, is a qualified teacher that has the spirit dwelling in them so they can lay their hands on you so that you can receive the true Holy Spirit of God so that you can start keeping the Torah. So you can stop thinking that no one has it right or uh, there's not some people that are not teaching correctly or uh, that you can't keep the Torah. Because with God's power, you could do anything. So anyway, Psalm 51, Psalm 51, verse 5 says, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity as we are, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Verse 6, Behold, thou desire truth in the inward parts. Again, what is Torah? It's the truth. And so God desires truth, and he wants the truth or his spirit because the spirit of truth, of is a preposition, the spirit consists of the truth, spirit is truth. And so, and the truth is all of his instructions. And so Psalm 51 verse 6, Behold, thou desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. And he says, uh, verse 10, Create in me a clean heart or mind, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And he says in verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me, which means there's a possibility that the Holy Spirit can leave if you don't obey him. And for proof of that, let's look at 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. It states, but the spirit of the master departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the master troubled him. So Saul had the spirit of God, and it left him because of his rebellion. And that, that's what will happen with anybody, because Acts chapter 5 says this, verse 32, it says plainly, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to them that obey him. If you don't obey him, you more than likely do not have God's spirit dwelling within you. It may be working around you, but it's not in you. You need to have it in you, in your inner, inner parts, so that you can overcome sin. Uh, John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 37. It says, and the Father himself, which has sent me, has bore witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor had seen his shape. And so the yod heh that people spoke to in the Old Testament was Yeshua himself. And that's not a Bible study. Verse 38. And you, have not, and you have not his word abiding in you. How do you have his word abiding in you? Through the Holy Spirit. For whom he has sent because you believe not. So if you don't believe him, which requires obedience then you do not have his spirit. I think I've given you enough proof to prove that to you. All right. And John 14, verse 15, plainly states that if you love me, keep my commandments. Malachi 4, verse 1 to 6, in the context of uh, the lake of fire, is telling us to remember the law of Moses. You can go ahead and read that in your spare time. Uh, Malachi 4, verse 1 to 6. And I'm going to quote uh, John 14, John chapter 14. Verse 17, it says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, the majority of people in the world do not have God's spirit. They have another spirit dwelling in them that's influencing them and in some people actually possessing them. 
uh, in John 14, verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither know him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. If you have continued to listen to me right now, God is calling you. You can't come to Messiah unless he call you. And, and, and the true believers of Messiah is a part of his body. So he draws you to one of his true believers. I'm one of his true believers and I'm one of his true shepherds that will teach you properly that does have it right, okay? And I'm going to teach you properly out of the scriptures. I'm not going to talk out of my own head and so forth. I'm going to use the scriptures as I'm supposed to, as any teacher is supposed to, to teach the people. And so uh, in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into some truth? No, all the truth, which is all of instructions, all of Torah, all of his commandments. And so if you if you have the real spirit of truth, the true Holy Spirit in you, it's going to guide you into all the truth, not some of the truth. All the truth is all of his instructions, all of his commandments. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So people that keep Sunday, people that sin another way, they don't have all of, they don't have the spirit of God dwelling in them, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about people who don't want to keep all of his commandments. They do not have God's spirit. And I've already, already proved that to you. And 1 Peter 1, verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. That means all of it, not some of it. Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another. And this is an interesting scripture because it talks about obeying the Torah in the context of loving one another. That's how you love one another, ladies and gentlemen, by obeying all the Torah, not some of it, okay? Uh, in Leviticus 26, verse 15, it states, And if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant. And so when you don't want to do all of his commandments, you are breaking the covenant of yod What is the covenant? The covenant is the promise that our ancestors and what people who say they really are believers have stated that they would, believe, they would keep all of his commandments. Again, in Deuteronomy 5, verse 29, it says, Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments. That's how you fear God, by keeping all his commandments, that it might be well with him and with their children forever. And I get persecuted for teaching this message, but you know, the Bible says that that would be. All right? So uh, I'm not going to let persecution stop me from preaching the truth. And so Numbers 15, verse 38 to 40 states, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes and the borders of their garments throughout their generations. I just showed you that uh, Abraham kept Torah, and if uh, we are believers of Christ, we are believers of Abraham. Uh, we are of Abraham's seed, and we should also keep Torah like he did. And it shall be unto you a friend that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the master and do them. And so he wants us to remember all of his commandments and do them, that you seek not after your own heart and on your own eyes, after which you go a whoring, that you may remember and do all my commandments. And when you do all his commandments, then you're considered kadosh or holy unto the master. Just partially keeping his commandments, you're not considered uh, kadosh or holy to God. Luke 1, verse 6. This was uh, the second Elijah's parents, uh, John the Baptist's parents, so Yochanan the Immersive. 
and they were both righteous before God. What is righteousness? Keeping all his commandments, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And someone tells me that it's not possible to keep the commandments, that you can't keep Torah. What Bible are they reading? What Bible are they reading? Again, this is John the Baptist's parents, and certainly they taught their son also to keep the commandments, and he was blameless. Doesn't mean he didn't sin occasionally, but the majority of time he kept all the commandments. That's what it's saying. And so, and they were both righteous before the master, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Luke chapter 1, verse 6, ladies and gentlemen. And for those people who says no one has it right, and you can't keep the Torah, well, what does it say here? Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do, does it say something? I can do all things through Messiah, which strengthens me. And here's another thing I want to point out here. And this program may go a little over. It may be a two-hour program. But in John, in John, the epistles of John, they are incredible. There's some powerful scriptures that's telling us that it's possible for us to overcome sin. And, you know, people need to, you need to read these scriptures. You need to understand that through God, anything is possible, ladies and gentlemen. And he states right here in the, in the second chapter of John. First John chapter 2, verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Verse 13 of John chapter 2. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome, you have overcome the wicked one, which implies that they're keeping all the commandments. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. Verse 14, I've written unto you, fathers, because you have known him from the beginning, and have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. In other words, they have the true Holy Spirit of God that will influence them to keep all the commandments. Uh, You are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. That's an incredible scripture. Do you believe it? I do. And so 1 John 5, verse 3 states, for this is the love of God, if you're ever wondering what the love of God is, that we keep his commandments. And that means all of them, and his commandments are not grievous. I want it to apply to you. Now, Messiah stated in Matthew 5, verse 17 and 19, I had somebody recently visit my, my assembly, and uh, they were confused, and, and probably still is confused, uh, about uh, the law of Moses. Matthew 5, verse um, 17. It says, think not that I have come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to uh, complete. Okay? Verse 18, for verily I say unto you, to heaven and earth pass, one jot and one tittle, if you understand that a Torah scroll has uh, various Hebrew characters involved in it, jot and a tittle, shall no wise pass on the Torah till all be fulfilled. And so he says right here, so, so whoever shall break one of the least of these commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be, be least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. So this implies that none of the commandments are done away with. Um, this is a statement in red letters in the King James Version from Yeshua's own mouth, to Jesus' own mouth. He's telling you that uh, until heaven and earth pass away, everything that Moses wrote, is still in force. 
and that includes the sacrifices. And uh, not only this, there's been a few individuals that I run into that don't understand that the sacrifices are still in force, and they don't understand that the sacrifice that, that Yeshua, it was, it was a symbolic sacrifice. Because even after he died, the disciples, and I just showed you that Paul gave an offering, so they was continuing to do that. And you have to understand, and I, I don't have time to do this, but if you want me to send you an article or refer you to a source that will explain to you that the sacrifices are still in force, then please uh, email me at canard at mercifulserviceofgod.com, or you can call me, uh, 1-800-941-8011. That's 1-800-941-8011, and request more information on that. All right. And I already gave you the scripture that proves that the law of Moses is the law of God. People are confused and think it's two separate laws. No, it's called the law of Moses because God used Moses and revealing the law to, to our people. First Kings 2, verse 3. Now, Malachi 3, verse 6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, O sons of Jacob, which are Jews and Christians today. Um, for more information on that, you can go to www.britam.org, or you can email me, and I can explain that to you as well. Hebrews 13, verse 8, explains that Yeshua is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Galatians 2, verse 20, tells you that Yeshua, through his spirit, lives in you. We have the spirit of Messiah. For those who have the spirit of Messiah, Yeshua is living in you, and he's going to be keeping the Torah inside of you or influencing you to keep the Torah like he did in the first century because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in John 10, verse 30, it plainly states that Yeshua is one with the Father. All right, so I'm going to give you a little summary about the Holy Spirit here. I'm going to give you some scriptures. I won't have time to read all of them. And so he stated in John 14, verse 16 and 17, and I will pray to Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth from the world cannot receive because it see of him not, neither know of him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And here's some other scriptures I want to quote. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 46 to 47. Let's turn there here. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Chapter... 32, verse 46 to 47. And he said unto them, set your hearts into all the words which I testify among you this day, which you shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this Torah. This is what Moses told to our ancestors. And he says, you shall command your children to observe to do some of the words, all the words. Most Christians are guilty and in violation of this request. Unfortunately. Deuteronomy 32, verse 47, for it is not a vain thing for you because it is your life. And through this thing, you shall prolong your days in the land whether you go over Jordan to possess it. So keeping all the commandments is your life. In John 6, verse 63, it says the words of the Messiah, which he's the word of God, is his spirit and is our life, ladies and gentlemen. And there's a direct commandment that you're probably going to be shocked this is in the Bible because people say, oh, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We can, we, we're not perfect. You know, so does that mean we shouldn't strive to be perfect? And, and uh, Deuteronomy 18, verse 13, it says, this is a direct commandment out of Deuteronomy. Thou shall be perfect. It's the master that God. So why would God tell us to be perfect if it's not possible for us to be complete or perfect? Okay. 
And so we, we got to stop all of this. This is coming from the mind of the devil, ladies and gentlemen. Discouragement. No one has it right. Uh, no one can keep the tour. That, that's the devil talking, folks. And he's influencing you or influencing other people for you to hear that. Uh, Genesis 6, verse 9 says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and he walked with God. Uh, so it is possible to keep all the commandments. That's what that means, that he kept all the commandments of God. Uh, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, it says, And when Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I, the master God, walk before me and be thou perfect. <laughs> Why would he tell you to be perfect if it wasn't possible for us to be perfect, ladies and gentlemen? I, I'm, just, I'm just reading the scriptures, okay? And, you know, Abraham, Abraham had a desire to keep all of God's instructions. He didn't care what they were. He had a desire to want to keep them. And we should be the same. Noah had that attitude. In 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, you know, I've got to speak out against people, and I have to protect the flock. I have to speak out against people that are telling other people that no one has it right, and, and no one can keep the Torah. I'm hearing that from a few people, unfortunately. Second uh, Samuel 22, verse 33, 2 Samuel 22, verse 33, God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. So through his spirit, your way can become perfect. Kings 8, verse 61. I mean, these are scriptures that you need to internalize, and, and, uh, and I just hope you take this Bible study and study it. You really need to, to get yourself undeceived if you actually are convinced that you can't keep all the talk when God says that you can, and he expects you to if you have his spirit dwelling in you. But see, many of you probably don't have his spirit, and that's the reason why you feel the way you do about it. And so there's a way to, to solve that, and just contact me. First uh, Kings 8, verse 61, Let your heart therefore be perfect with the, the master your God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. And so, again, God is expecting us to be complete like he is. First uh, Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles chapter 29. Verse 18. Verse 18 and 19. Oh, Master, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the hearts of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee. And give unto Solomon, my son, a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things and to build the palace from which I have made provision. That was a request from uh, David to his son. Job chapter 1 verse 1 states, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. I mean, I can go on and on and on here, ladies and gentlemen, but you know, God expects us to keep all his commandments. If you believe otherwise, then you certainly are in trouble spiritually, and I doubt if you have God's spirit if you continue to think that. Uh, Psalm 101, verse 2, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Or when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Psalm 101, verse 2. Verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Verse 4. A fort heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. 
Verse 5, whoso privily slander his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that have a high look and a proud heart, I will not allow or put up with. Verse 6, my eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. All right, so here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. God is expecting us to keep all his commandments. I don't see, I guess it's a lot of biblical ignorance. That's what it is. People don't know what the Bible says. Uh, They listen to these teachers, these so-called teachers. I'm not saying every teacher is wrong, but there's a lot of teachers out here, ladies and gentlemen, that aren't teaching correctly. And they they have these cute PowerPoint presentations or they have these cute movie productions. And you think, because it looks nice, that they must be preaching the correct way. And you can't assume that, ladies and gentlemen. You can't judge a book by its cover. Always remember that. 1 Peter 5, verse 10, but the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by the Messiah Yeshua, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. It is he that makes us perfect, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew 5, verse 48, through his Holy Spirit. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is complete. So the goal for all this commandment keeping is to help us to become perfect, ladies and gentlemen, complete like he is. That is the true message. That is a major message of the gospel that needs to be preached and is really not being preached. Romans 3, verse 2, or Revelation 3, verse 2 states, Revelation 3, verse 2 states, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that you are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before the master. So that means he's expecting our works to be perfect through the Holy Spirit before the master, ladies and gentlemen. I know those are incredible scriptures. I know it's going to take some time perhaps for you to to, uh, inculcate this within your being and actually believe it, but it's all there. It's in any Bible. Get, you know, blow the dust off of it if you do have dust on your Bible and study these scriptures. And so to receive the true spirit of God, God must draw you to one of his true servants like myself, I'm not bragging, but I would be lying to say I'm not one of his true servants who has the Holy Spirit, and I do have the Holy Spirit dwelling in, I've had the Holy Spirit dwelling in me for over 30 years, and uh, scriptures uh, that support what I just said, John 6, verse 44 to 45, and Acts chapter 8, verse 18 to 19, all right, so study those scriptures. Many people think they have the Holy Spirit, but the Bible reveals most people in the world do not have the true Holy Spirit dwelling in them because most people do not try to obey or do not understand they need to obey all the commandments of God. So I'm going to quote these scriptures because I don't have time to to read them out to you. Ephesians 2, verse 2 to 3. Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 21. Acts 5, verse 32. Acts chapter 7, verse 51 to 53. 1 John 2. Verse 1 to 6, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 25 to 26, 1 John 4, verse 1, and 1 John 5, verse 19. So you can stop this recording uh, and jot those scriptures down if I was too fast for you there. Now, most of the 41,000 Christian denominations keep Sunday as the Sabbath. They do not keep the holy days of God and they eat unclean meats. To be considered a complete and true believer, You must obey all the commandments to the best of your ability. And here's some more scriptures. Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. That's a scripture that tells you that you should not diminish nor add to his Torah. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, verse 29. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1 to 3. Deuteronomy 28, verse 9. 
Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 to 20, Malachi 2, verse 1 to 9, Malachi 3, verse 6, John chapter 8, verse 56 to 58, which shows you that Yeshua existed before Abraham. Exodus 3, verse 6, it shows you that he's the I am that was talked about in John 8, verse 56 to 58. John 1, verse 18, which says that only he has seen the Father. John 5, verse 37, which we've quoted earlier in this program, proves that no one has heard his voice, no one has seen the Father's figure. So the God of the Old Testament must be Yeshua, which means that when he said keep the commandments when he was alive on the earth, he was referring to keeping all the commandments as he instructed Moses. 1 John 2, verse 1 to 6, and 1 John 5, verse 3. To receive the true Spirit of God, you must have a desire to completely and fully obey him. Numbers 14, verse 24. Numbers 32, verse 11 to 12. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1 to 3. Matthew 4, verse 4, and Acts 5, verse 32. Please, please, folks, don't use the poor excuse that nobody can keep all the commandments. God would not tell us something we cannot do. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 to 20, 1 John 2, verse 1, 1 John 3, verse 4, and Philippians 4, verse 13. Many people are called, but few are chosen. When you're chosen, you are immersed with the true Holy Spirit is put in your body. Matthew 13, verse 18 to 23, and Matthew 22, verse 14. You're not considered a part of the Messiah unless you have the true Holy Spirit dwelling in your body. This is in Romans 8. Verse 6 to 11, the Spirit of God will be poured out on all mankind in the future when the Messiah comes back to rule the earth in peace. This is found in Joel 2, verse 28 to 32, and Isaiah 9, verse 67. The Bible reveals most of mankind will not learn to obey God fully until his judgments are in the earth. This is found in Isaiah 26, verse 9, Isaiah 13, verse 11 to 13, Revelation 7, verse 9 and 17, which talks about a multitude of people that you can't number, but they came out of tribulation. <laughs> First Timothy 2, verse 4, and Romans 11, verse 32. Before the Messiah comes back, the Bible reveals there are few who fully and completely obey him. That's in Matthew 7, verse 14. The Holy Spirit consists of the truth, which is all the instructions and commandments of God. This is found in Psalm 119, 142, and 1 John 5, verse 6, which says that the Spirit is the truth. The true Holy Spirit of God influences you to keep the Sabbath, the holy days, and the clean and unclean mean instructions, and the rest of his commandments. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 33, Ezekiel 36, verse 25 to 27. Just like the Messiah and his apostles did. 1 John 2, verse 1 to 6. John 15, verse 10. The Sabbath is the sign that you are a true believer, and properly keeping it gives you the knowledge of the true God and his true ways. Exodus chapter 31, verse 12 to 17 and Ezekiel 20, verse 20 to 21. Now, if you desire to understand how God calls you to keep all of his instructions, then go to the following website to get our free ebook, www.howgodcalls.com. That's www.howgodcalls.com. Again, that website is www.howgodcalls.com. If you need for me to pray for for any healings or if you need for me to pray for you to get a better job or for anything, please call us, 1-800-941-8011. That's 1-800-941-8011. If you want to give to this work, this work of God, go to the mercifulservantsofgod.com website and click the yellow donate button. 
And I thought, and I really hope the program today has given you some insight of the fact that God expects us to keep his commandments and that he does have teachers that do have it right. And those teachers can teach you properly that you should be keeping his commandments and they can teach you properly that you should follow the ways of the Messiah. Uh, In Ephesians 4, verse 11 tells us that that he does have teachers. Um, And and from verse 12, it says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Messiah. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that means, obviously, that some must have it right for God to say that the teachers help us all become perfect. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's get undeceived here. Yes, and it is possible to obey all the commandments of God through the Ruach HaKadosh or the Holy Spirit. And so may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.